of evil, the globalist, the deep state, the cabal, the technocracy, the corrupt media want to divide and conquer us. Freedom-loving patriots, magos, and those clinging to their guns and Bibles. I'm your host, Becca Marie, along with Stella Padilla, and you're listening to Freedom Speak. We are proudly unindoctrinated and wide awake. Check out our website, Freedom Speak NM, where you can click on the radio replay link and listen to playbacks of any of our previous shows. Also, check out the resource page I have there and also the Becca's Monologues. That's a good one. You can get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, and many other. You can listen and watch the live stream now of this show. Every Friday morning, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. If you're watching, you know that. But if you're listening on KDAZ on Saturday, check us out. Rumble, 9 a.m. to noon on Friday mornings. Complete with a call-in line, and you can call in and join the conversation. So I've been thinking a lot about um, the word democracy. We hear that thrown around a lot these days. seems like uh, even uh, conservative radio hosts, conservative news outlets, they're all calling America a democracy now. That narrative has been drilled into our heads so much that everybody now believes that the United States is a democracy. It sounds fair. fair Hold on, I don't have you faded in yet. But there we go. You can make a comment there, Stella. Well, yeah, democracy sounds like a fair thing for everyone. Is that I right? Think. Oh, so yeah. So people misunderstand it That's a lot. That's right. That's well, right. But what does it really mean? We also hear the term inclusiveness. Now, I got to thinking about the same people that are pushing the words democracy and inclusiveness think that these two things go together. Now, I, I did a lot of thinking about that. So no, calling the United States a democracy annoys me just about as much as calling Democrats, the, calling the Democrat Party the Democratic Party. Now, the United States is actually a representative republic, and I've said that a number of times, and I'm going to keep saying it until some people realize that that's what we are. Also sometimes referred to as a constitutional republic. And it always has been, right from the very beginning. Remember the Pledge of Allegiance? Remember how it says, and to the republic for which it stands, and not, not and to the democracy. No, and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God. That's right. Mm-hmm. They don't like that word either. No, they don't. No. They're trying to wipe that out. A lot of these same people that are pushing... The idea that the United States is a democracy, like I said, they're also pushing the idea of inclusiveness. I'm going to start by defining the terms democracy, representative republic, and inclusiveness. Merriam-Webster defines a democracy 
as a government in which the supreme power is vested in the people and exercised by them directly or indirectly through a system of representation usually involving periodically held free elections. It also states that it is rule of majority. This means that the minority has no power in government because the majority is going to win all the elections. And the will of the majority is the law. In a democracy, majority or mob rule prevails. So whenever 50%, 51% of voters want something, they get it. It's not how it works in the United States. A great example of a democracy I heard about the other day, and I'm going to play a clip after I'm done with my monologue here, was from a video I saw on YouTube about the government of Zambia. They have a democracy. And the majority has decided that homosexuality should not be allowed. Therefore, homosexuality is against the law. And anyone found practicing it will be charged with a crime. This is what it is to be a democracy. The majority rules, and the minority must obey the decision of the majority. I've often heard those considering, uh, considered minorities say that they would like to eliminate the electoral college in favor of a popular vote. Now, this is a ridiculous idea that's been pushed to them, thinking that, oh, this, is, this way you're going to have a bigger voice. If this were the case, states with large cities would determine the results of all elections. It is a fact that people that live in large cities have very different ideas of what they want as opposed to those in rural areas. People in large cities often don't drive cars. Everything they do is a short distance from where they live. They live in apartments. And they mostly have a progressive way of looking at things. Politically, they try to support ideas that benefit their way of life. With a popular vote, these large cities would be the mob in charge. What about those of us that prefer open spaces? That would be me. More privacy. Maybe we want to have livestock or grow a garden. What if we want to be self-sufficient and be off the grid? And just be left alone. In a pure democracy, the people in the big cities would not be supportive of policies that meet the desires of those in the rural areas. In fact, they likely have no clue what our lifestyle is even like. Kind of like how lifetime politicians often have no idea what it's like to be an average person just trying to get by day to day. Yet they make rules for us to live by. How is this inclusive? Now let's see what a representative republic is. Merriam-Webster actually doesn't define this term, and there's no real definition I could look up, so I will explain it with some help uh, from an article I found at redstate.com. It seems that this term, which represents our form of government in this country, has mostly been erased from the Internet. A representative republic protects the rights of all citizens, not just the majority, and is founded on the principle of elected individuals representing the people, with elections providing the opportunity for change. 
using this election process, a minority can get a representative elected that will speak for them in the government. Even though there are democratic processes used in the local elections, it is not a democratic process at the larger scale. An example of this was when the Tea Party, angrily, I was one of them, but peacefully protested a government which has grown too large, which increases our debt to the detriment of our future, which sometimes doesn't honor our Constitution. (laughs) That's getting worse by the day. Which honors entitlement and equal outcome more than it honors opportunity. Using the election process, it has been able to affect a change in government representation and legislation. So what is inclusive? Dictionary.com defines inclusive as aiming to include and integrate all people and groups in activities, organizations, political processes, etc., especially those who are disadvantaged, have suffered discrimination, or are living with disabilities. That's all okay. I don't really know of anybody that's against that. Maybe like with so many words these days, the word democracy has been so misused that almost everyone has forgotten what it actually means. Democracy may be inclusive from the standpoint that everyone gets to vote, but beyond that, the minority is always going to be left out of the process from their heck in a communist country. I hear they have votes. They have elections. As a matter of fact, those people are required to vote at gunpoint if necessary. A representative republic, on the other hand, offers a lot of opportunities for the minority voice to be heard and be part of the conversation when it comes to making policy. Some ideas are just plain bad and should not be included. Not everyone is going to succeed the same way in life. Success requires a lot of hard work and some luck. Not everyone wants to work hard. And they shouldn't have to in a free country. If they don't want to work hard, they shouldn't. But there again, you reap the benefits of what you sow. I know from being self-employed most of my life, and uh, probably my guest that's with me today probably understands this concept, you work a lot harder when you work for yourself. Anybody that have, has the misconception that if you're, 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 you're self-employed or you work from home or you have a business that, oh, well, you know, they just have it easy and, you know, they're just, you know, living in fat city and not work. No, it's a, it's a 24-7 job at that point. It's a lot harder you got to work harder if you want more in life than just, just the basic stuff. We're not all the same. Not everyone should be included in everything, kind of like how men should not be allowed to compete in women's sports. We're all unique individuals with our own set of skills and qualities that we bring to the society we live in. Some are going to have the ability to be very successful and build a business in which they can provide opportunities for those with less ability. Those with less ability will have the chance to work for someone else that is successful and gain new skills in which they can become more successful themselves. I know that. I've been self-employed for years, and I've acquired a lot of skills. And a number of times I've told people, hey, if you want to come work for me, you're not going to make a ton of money. But I'm going to pay you what I can, and you're going to have the opportunity to be paid while you learn a new skill. And then at some point, you're probably going to want to go off on your own, and then you're going to make a lot more money. But 
It requires work, dedication. Many others are content with simply doing the same thing every day, living a modest life, and that's okay. It takes all kinds to make the world go round. I'm sure someone will call me a racist for reminding everyone of a thought I have from an old saying I grew up with. It's kind of a variation on this. It takes both chiefs and Indians to make the world go round. When looking at the meaning of equality mentioned in the Declaration of Independence, the Declaration begins with an appeal to the laws of nature and of nature's God and maintains that the proposition, all men are created equal, and that, by the way, that means everybody, that means all people. All the 57 genders or how many ever there is now. (laughs) There's only two. (laughs) It's a self-evident truth. Furthermore, all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What the Founding Fathers meant by equality is that all men share a common human nature. The assertion that all men are created equal means that all persons are the same in some respect. It does not mean that all men are identical or equally talented, wise, prudent, intelligent, or virtuous. Rather, it means that all persons possess the inherent capacity to reason. Of course, that's in question these days. A free country like the representative republic we have in the United States does not guarantee that everyone will be equally successful, only that everyone will be included in the opportunity to try. There you go. So uh, I got Mark Abramson in the studio with us today. I've had him on before. He's always got lots of things to say. (laughs) I remember, Mark, you told me before that you like coming on with me because I challenge you. Yes, that, there's no <laughs> doubt about that at all. So, um, Mark is the owner of Los Ranchos Gun Shop, and uh, I suggest you visit there if you're looking for uh, some great advice on firearms, uh, and he's got a great selection, and he's got a really great crew working there, too. Thank you. So, uh, Stella, what's your thoughts on all of that? Well, I think that they've added the word inclusiveness to include all the different, like you said, genders and uh, everything. It's not including just the regular normal people, whatever normal whatever normal is nowadays. It's to include all the off people, you know, that are, well, I don't want to say anything because there we go again, racist and homophobic and everything else that they, they're going to call you. But I, in, in real life, I don't really care what people do with their life. The only thing that concerns me is that they're pushing so much of this garbage on the children, little children, like from the third grade, they, that they're including them now in their perversions, which yeah, is what it yeah. is. That's not inclusive. So if that's they want to be included to be able to spread all that among the children. That's what bothers me. I don't care what adults do on their own time and their own space but leave the children alone for god's sake already totally agree Mm -hmm. mark you were making a lot of notes during uh, when i was talking there i have a feeling you have some comments on all Uh, of that yeah we're spending a lot of time as a country and we do it uh, at our own place of employment talking about diversity equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. and the way it's been portrayed in the media the way it's been portrayed by the left 
it is really something that is pernicious. It's awful. It's unworkable. It's not American. Yeah. On the other hand, the concepts of diversity, equity, and inclusion, if you really think about that, is a good thing. It all sounds good, don't it? Because that's the point about your democracy that we are. We want to invite everyone to the party, whether they choose to vote or not, whether they choose to engage or not. What they do as adults is their business. But we have an obligation as adults to make sure that people with real or perceived disabilities are brought into the tent. That's okay. That's important. Um, You know, when I work with youth, for example, in youth groups, we want to make sure everyone's included. No one's excluded. We want to give them an equality of opportunity. Isn't that what the United States was all about to begin with? You know, to have everybody yeah, included. Yeah, the land of opportunity, and, yeah, right? Different, yeah, different countries joining together, different races. And everybody, yeah, that it was a beautiful picture then, it seemed like, but now it's all twisted and distorted. Well, we celebrate, I mean, look, if you live in New Mexico and you don't celebrate Hispanic culture, you're missing out. We have to celebrate our differences, mm-hmm. but we have to celebrate what brings us together. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, whether it's Spanish culture, Jewish culture, African-American culture, all of those bring flavor to what we do. I mean, nothing gives me greater joy than to go into a Middle Eastern restaurant, the few that we have, or or an Indian restaurant. I'm still looking for a good Chinese restaurant, but (laughs) it's, I mean, we have to celebrate those differences because that's what makes us stronger together. Well, you know, I love the diversity. You know, it's like, you know, I'm a real foodie. I love to go to different kinds of restaurants all the time. I was hanging out with a group of ladies the other day that uh, a couple of them have uh, just had this very sheltered lifestyle when it comes to food. And so I've been kind of expanding their palate. Say, hey, come on, let's go try this. Let's go try this Thai restaurant. Let's go let's go try this uh this sushi restaurant. <laughs> it's like and I'm getting them to try new things. Um and it, and it's great, but trying new things is fun. You're right. I love celebrating diversity and you know, I I heard a, a story on the news uh, just the other day and this just really makes me so angry and I and it should make Native Americans angry too. Apparently the schools throughout the country are now on a mission to eliminate all mentions of any uh, Native American type names, you know, chiefs, Indians, warriors, all like heck the the school I went to the, the our team was called the Warriors. It's like well, not only that, but why is warrior considered just an Indian thing? If you're a warrior, that just means you're a, you're a fighter. You know, I I would think that that naming your mascot after a Native American name is the a greatest form of flattery. Wouldn't wouldn't you think? And and uh, like you said, warriors should be a good thing. Yeah. I don't I don't think well not Spanish, so that's kind of you know, Dios mio with Spanish are known to be warriors, you know, they're conquerors, whatever. So but if you're a warrior, it's a, you're a person not just a warrior to fight if all the time, but for people's rights and to keep everybody in line sort of and not let everything get so out of control like it is now because this country is totally out of control. Yeah, it is. It is totally out of control. I mean the Washington Redskins had to change their name 
not because of what Native Americans were encouraging them to do. I mean, the Native Americans I've spoken to about that without putting them on the spot. I said, what about the Redskins? They go, we love the Redskins. I mean, that's a team they watched. Yeah. And, but it could offend. I understand that. For every great story about the conquistadors, there are Native Americans who were put to the boot by those conquistadors. I get it. It's part of history. History Mm -hmm. is told by the winners over and over again. And sometimes you don't have to rub it in. Well, no, and especially in New Mexico, you could say that there's a, the Native Americans and the Spaniards, but they were here together, and they have mixed now. So all the Native Americans have Spanish surnames. Some of the Spaniards have, you know, some of the Native American names, not as much, but like we we were mixed. There's no reason to start keeping a separate. But the Red Nation that came to Santa Fe, they were paid by the Soros Group to come and divide us. It was very obvious. And when I went to that uh, rally that they had in Santa Fe. Uh, regarding the um, La Entrada. And these Red Native, um, the Red Nation came down, they were vicious, and they were saying cruel and hateful things about the Spanish. And, well, the Native Americans from here, I call them Indians, that's what they prefer to be called still. They were in shock that they were coming and saying these horrible things because they're carrying Spanish surnames. So this was a, a, a fright to them. They weren't part of the action like they wanted to, the Red Nation wanted to do. They were actually afraid of them. You know, like, who are these people and why are they so angry? But the success of diversity, when you look at the 17 Pueblos that are generally recognized, um, plus the two Apache nations, plus the Navajo nation and various smaller uh, reservations around the state, um, you know, the Pueblos got together. They don't always agree. There's not good history between some of the Pueblos. But they got together and create buying opportunities and cultural opportunities to educate the rest of our community at the Indian Cultural Center and otherwise. They saw their commonality as native peoples in the Pueblo culture to come together and to do something that's really meaningful and educational for the rest of us. It's fine. But where did these battles start where... You know, we have to fight over a statue of Oñate. You know? Well, we didn't, though. We weren't. We were. We were already. We had combined our, our. Like I said, you know, together as the family, the Native Americans, the Spaniards were combined. We didn't have a problem with that at all. As a matter of fact, I was in Old Town for that uh, when they were taking down the statue of Oñate. These were people from Pakistan shouting obscenities, and there were the Native Americans on the hill on the park looking down and saying. Why are they? Why are they here? And what are they doing? They didn't. They weren't involved in it. They kept saying they raped your women. They did this. They did that. They kept bringing up all the stuff, and they looked like this was five hundred years ago, you know. And everything was going wrong. The Spaniards got killed. The Indians got killed. They finally got together and just meshed as a community. But they don't want that. They want to keep us all divided. Well, the important thing to me about statues and and things written down in history books is that we rem- remember what happened so that we can learn from it. But if, 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 if all of that stuff just gets erased, which is what they're trying to do, um, then eventually future generations, they won't even remember it even happened. I, I, I heard not, you know, some time back that young, young people in, in Nagasaki and Hiroshima, Japan, know nothing about the nuclear bombs. They never, heard, they never heard of it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. 
But we do erase history. A friend of mine who lives in town told me he grew up uh, at West Point. His father was on staff there. And he grew up on Lee Road. And Lee was one of the, well, was the top graduate of his class. He just happened to fight on the wrong side. And um, they just eliminated the name of the road. They were wiping out elements of history for someone who was celebrated, not because he was a Confederate, but because of his success at West Point. Mm Mm-hmm. Do I think we need statues to remind us of the losing side of the Civil War? Probably not. And some of those statues were put up specifically to commemorate the racist roots of the Deep South. I was born myself at Fort Bragg, and Bragg was a Confederate general um, and an unrepentant Confederate general. And they're probably going to change that name as they are Fort Hood and Um, You know, we're going to see more and more of these opportunities to erase history when it's been there. And we have to acknowledge it, understand it, celebrate it where appropriate, recognize it for what it was at the time. When during the COVID nightmare, when they started... What? Yeah. (laughs) Scamdemic. Scamdemic. It started all this, really. It, It... kicked all this into high gear but if you want to eliminate a name for a school is abraham lincoln the one you that comes to top of mind no because he was a racist because he recognized the evils of indentured servitude and and the chattel slavery system as it was developed here and yeah he said some things that today sound really bizarre but he had to process this in his own mind and when his life was ended way too early um he's stuck with those words but is that a reason to wipe abraham lincoln the great emancipator from our vocabulary well you know the thing is is it was a different time and and people had different ways of looking at things back then and and People look at things differently depending on what time they come from. Abraham Lincoln at the time was uh, somebody that uh, stood up for what was right. And it's regardless of whether you think he was perfect. None of us are perfect. Well, people didn't get offended as easily like they do now. Everything everything offends them now. You know, like they weren't offended back then. I think they had respect for him except for the people. Maybe they were starting to get offended so way, way back then. And that's why they killed him. You know, I'm wondering. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you got to be willing to take the good with the bad. It's like, and you know, it. I think we need to be reminded of the bad things that have happened in history and, and, and learn from them and grow grow from them. Not repeat them. And don't forget people just because they were, they did some things that you didn't like, you know. Some, some people that do things that you don't like actually have some things that they did that actually contributed to society. You want to forget all about that too? Well, it's it's this notion that we go to school, we send our kids to school, and if we pardon the phrase, but if we whitewash history, we're not helping. And <laughs> hey, but, we're at the we're at the first break. Um, we're going to continue that conversation, and then in the next segment, I want to talk about this uh, protection of w- uh, women and girls in sports act 
and then Title IX, what it actually is. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Would you like to advertise your business right here on Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella? Get in on the ground floor with insanely low prices and become one of our preferred advertisers. Lots of fellow patriots would love to do business with you. All ads include free production of your commercial using your own voice or ours. Your ad will run on all of our live streams and podcasts on multiple platforms. Our audience is growing by the day. Send your info to Becca at freedomspeaknm.com to get started.
Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with guest Mark Abramson. If you want to call in and join the conversation, if you're listening to the show live on our live stream on Friday, the phone number here is 505-444-5059. Call in. Let us know what you think. invite you to check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com. From there, you can check out uh, the um, replays of any of our shows all the way from the beginning. You can listen to Becca's monologues. You can check out the resources I have on there. Some good stuff. Anyway, uh, check out our live show, Rumble, Friday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon, if you're listening to the replay. And you can join the conversation. So, hey, we were talking about some... uh, a lot of good stuff at the first segment. We were talking about inclusion. Oh, we got an incoming call. What do you know? A call? We do. Yay. I know who this is. Let's guess. <laughs> <laughs> One of our regular callers. Hey, Tamara, what's going on today? <laughs> um, You don't have your phone number. Oh, 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 I'm going to fix that. Okay. Hey. Your ticker thing. Yeah, okay. Go ahead and talk okay, to her, Stella. Right. I'm going to... Okay, gonna... all right. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Let's see. Let me fix that. Stella, you can talk. Your mic is on. Okay. Good thing you have someone watching out for us here. <laughs> I know. So I'll fix that. Let's see here. Thank you, Tara. Tamara. 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 There we go. There we okay. go. Okay. Forgot to turn that on. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I uh, I was talking about democracy, what a democracy is, and I I got I found this really great clip the other day from uh, this guy in Zambia, and it's like he he's like actually a pretty well known guy in Zambia. He's like a writer and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I want you to hear what he has to say because it 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 really got some words of wisdom here. So um, listen to this arrogance of the Americans, the bulliness of the Americans. Let me even throw it on the west side. America right now comes to Tanzania, comes to Ghana, comes to Zambia with 16 million. And guess what? 16 million only for Zambia. The 16 million, ask me what is it for? What is it for? For human rights. Across the river, China and Russia coming to South Africa, ask me for what? For what? For a military training and skills sharing of security. So the Americans are more interested in a transgender, homosexual agenda around the world. They will invest their money and give you money to protect human rights. Russia and China are coming with weapons and militarization strategies so that we can protect ourselves. So I want to say this very loud and clear to the Americans. Continue on your transgender agenda. (laughs) Stay there. Leave us to do politics (laughs) on the other side. Because what we need right now is not a minority human rights activation. What we need is a societal transformation. And for you as Americans to think that we really envy that when you have an anti-lesbian, anti-gay, LGBT principle, then tourists will drop. Let me correct that once and for all smooth. And cut and clip this, and it must be loud and clear. Are you saying to me that all the tourists are gay? And when you hear that this is a non-gay zone, tourism will suffer. Question number one. Question number two. Are you saying that we don't have a right to expressing ourselves as Africans? Question number three. If democracy means majority rules 
and majority votes against a principle, then why won't you allow that to become law? Are you saying the minority must manage the majority? Or the majority must manage the minority? Then if that whole ideology is wrong, then take democracy in a nice black dustbin bag and throw it outside. Because what you are telling us is, there, is, is by the people, for the people, with the people, and all, the, all those slogans you hear, what democracy represents. If we are 10 in the room and nine people say no, and one, people, one person says yes, democracy says you go with the majority. So if we say we want to make Africa democratic, and the demographics of our democracy says no, then why do you philosophically want to manipulate the will of the majority to favor the will of the minority? Then this is where it really gets confusing it to makes me. Makes sense, right? Because you're selling me one thing. One, I understand this democracy because it is based on the principle one, two, three, four, five. When it comes to practice, no, you can't practice it like that. Then, then what do you want? Do you want democracy? You want anarchy? You want indigenous governance systems? You want meritocracy? Maybe let's find another way of governing ourselves. But the ideology of democracy being founded on majority rule does not count because the rule that runs the South African constitution right now is not majority count. Yeah. That's a democracy. So, no, we don't have a democracy in the United States. Otherwise, I, I, I think a lot of minorities would find themselves out in the cold. Well, you know, everyone's a minority. It's just a matter of how you define it. Women are the majority as far as the population. Mm -hmm. At least, I assume, those who identify as women are the majority. <laughs> Here we go. You can identify as a ham sandwich nowadays. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm afraid so. Um, but, or a cat or a dog. But, you know, there was a notion in the 60s, 70s, 80s of the ugly American. And this is why. This is because we have ideas or ideals of equal, equality. Pick on equality of opportunity for women in this country, which I think is... Call it almost universally held. Yeah. And uh, even among those who treat women differently or certain Orthodox religions or Muslims, I mean, not, not anything wrong with that, but there's still this equality. And if we want to export that notion of equality for women in countries where women do not have those rights, we can do that as a matter of policy. I mean, we can say you're not going to get our aid if you continue with this. But to pillory the rest of the world because they don't meet up to our level of degradation <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is insane. The question is, if, if Zambia has a critical purpose to the United States because we need their rare earth minerals. We want to have that relationship or influence in that part of the world. Why are we telling them how they can do things? Yeah. But we're good at it. We're just not effective because China will come in and give them what they want, which is money. And what China gets is influence and we're out. Right. That's happening all over the world right now. The United States is slipping uh, as far as having influence, in my opinion, due to Joe Biden. You know, we're 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 allowing millions of illegals to come across our border. We are we have 
it has been discovered the other day now that, in fact, we've got American soldiers on the ground in Ukraine, and they were lying about that. We put sanctions on Russia after cutting off the supply of energy from the United States, and then Russia was providing the energy to Europe after we cut them off. And now we're putting sanctions on Russia and hurting the rest of Europe when they're counting on Russia now. It's like the whole thing is messed up. I I don't, well, no, I don't think this guy's thinking at all. I don't think that Joe Biden is running the country at all. What concerns me is who actually is running the country. Bill Gates. You think Bill Gates is running the country? Or maybe uh, Klaus Schwab? Or uh, maybe uh, um, George Soros. And, and, you know, I think that all of those people are just middle middlemen. Who's actually at the top of that, of that food chain? I don't have any idea who that would be. I don't think anybody knows. But I don't think Joe Biden's running anything. I don't think Joe Biden's making all these stupid decisions. Which Joe Biden... Which Joe Biden? Well, because when he was running for president, he never came out of the basement, remember? And even when he did, he bumbled and stumbled, fell off the bike, tripped up the steps on there. I mean, he was a mess. Like, he, he, he sounded like he was dementia-ridden all the way. And then the last speech that he gave, that he sounded intelligent. He was up there. He sounded energetic. He sounded like he knew what he was talking about, even though it was a bunch of lies. Yeah. They were all lies. But the first one that we met, that 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 was a completely different Joe Biden. I mean, he he sounded like he needed help getting out of bed. What to wear? Well, he, you know, the was, the same situation is going on with Fetterman, John Fetter, John is it John Fetterman? Mm-hmm. Um, same things going on with him. I mean, this guy had a massive stroke before he was elected, and he didn't drop out of the election. People pushed him because they had to have this guy holding that spot. They couldn't at all costs. They could not have. A Republican in that position. Same thing with Joe Biden. It, it it amazes me that Joe Biden is apparently the best that the Democrat Party has to offer. How pathetic is that? <laughs> I just really <laughs> this is the best they have to offer. But you know, I I think this is something I've been thinking about about this whole attack on women going on right now. The Democrats have for the longest time, tried to get get votes by claiming that they stand up for women, they stand up for minorities, they stand up for black people and gay people, and all of this stuff. But yet, they're attacking women right now. Women have tried so hard over the years to, to get something of their own, you know, because they were left out of sports for so long. And so therefore... They managed to start their own sports leagues so that women could compete against women. And now they're going after that. It's, it's been a problem with Title IX uh, because in creating these opportunities for women to get scholarships to compete, uh, which I think is important. Um, and the fact is, if men want to field 49 men on a football team, then it creates a lot of opportunities for women uh, in sports, but now if men, who are at least biological men who claim to be women, are 
competing for those same dollars. And I don't know if Leah Thomas got a scholarship or not. But if if those scholarship opportunities, which lead to business or sports opportunities, are there, I mean, are you really able to compete? Because the best women's tennis players in the world cannot beat, I don't want to say the worst, but... Uh, in the an professional class, an problem. average professional. Now, Billie Jean King did beat, you know, an aging Bobby Riggs. Yeah, yeah, she was exceptional, and she was, and he, and he was past his prime. I, I don't know if we're allowed to use prime anymore since. <laughs> since that may it, be a word that's forbidden as well, well along with bunnies, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and others. <laughs> you know, bunnies. They're trying to ban that word from 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 colleges. Isn't that great? <laughs> you know, and and yeah, God only knows. You know what you call the um, the cheerleaders for the wrestling team in high school are mat maids. Mat maids. Yeah, I assume that will be gone. Oh, I'm, too. I'm sure that's got to go. Um, that's but, misogynist in some way. Oh, I think in many ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this notion that cheerleaders who can be men and women right um but you're not going to ever see a biological male at the top of that pyramid right it's just not going to happen um and we just have to recognize and celebrate those differences and and leah thomas is is kind of maybe an outlier for all kinds of reasons but it, it may be when you transition, it's all of these other things, but someone who's competing in the world of men's sports at the college level and then has this transition by declaration but not by surgery uh, has all of the advantages of being a man competing in a woman's sport. And, you know, the only... You know, the only leading women's athlete that's ever said anything is Megan Rapinoe, yeah. who's already retired from her sport, who couldn't place on the men's team if she wanted to, and a wonderful player. I'm not taking that away from her. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing, and, and you touched on this, is that there are absolutely no guidelines to this whatsoever. Literally, any man can simply just proclaim I'm, uh, you know, I identify as a woman, and they're letting them compete against women. No, no guidelines whatsoever. Like Leah Thompson, still has the junk, and is standing there naked in the in the in the locker room around the women, and it's like, um, doesn't everybody find something wrong with this? I mean, I. Why aren't they offended? You know that he's there. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, I I know a solution to this, and it's like it's it, it's like something that you know I've been making a stand over the last three years against tyrannical mandates, saying, well, okay, fine, uh, then uh, I will not participate. I will not do business with your with your company. I uh, you know I'm 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 just I'm not going to comply. Period. A, probably a, a real quick way, and and it would require some sacrifice by these women in these sports. But you have a, a biological male show up to compete against them, all of them simply walk out. And it's happened. Make a stand. Make a stand. Women, make a stand. Walk out. Say, okay, fine. You win. We're gone. 
it would not continue very much longer if that was if women would all make a stand. The challenge is that, for example, in Vermont, a school, a high school, had opted out, said they would not participate with a man on the other side. Uh, they were essentially thrown out of the league. So the concert, and it was a Christian school, and they did it because of their faith, and I'm whether that's truly held or not, but if I, just do it on the basis that you don't want the girls in, in a high school sense to be hurt mm-hmm. in a, where there's physical contact. Well, because men are stronger. We, you could say that they are equal, but men are stronger physically than girls. Overall, mm-hmm. an individual woman may be stronger than an individual man. There are always exceptions. Absolutely. I, I, I knew this uh, girl uh, years ago when I lived in Florida that uh, was, um, she was in the military. I can't remember which branch she was in, but she was a triathlete. And we're talking about every ounce on her was muscle. Um, I would say that she could probably beat almost any man in anything. I mean, that's how strong she was, but she worked really hard at it. It was like something that was really important to her. I remember I went to a, to a party one time and she was challenging all the guys there. And, and some of these guys were big guys to arm wrestling. She was beating every single one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I bet that killed her ego. <laughs> it, was, it was good. But so there's exceptions, you know, but the, th- the thing is, is that at some point you got to draw the line on stuff. And it's like, you know, you have to women, they worked hard to get this thing for themselves to be able to have a sport in which they could compete against each other um men got all the rest of the stuff and and you mentioned this also is that the the men's leagues pay a lot more money than the the women's leagues do you know like you know you look at uh any 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 sport you know and like and the amount of money they get paid is way and it has to do with has to do with sponsorships and 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 you know, I mean, <clears throat> we don't have any football games that fill up stadiums to watch women play football. Actually, I don't even, are there even any football, women's football leagues? I don't think there are, are there? No, and I am sure it would offend some women to watch other women play professional football because they'd probably dress them in something cute, <laughs> which would be off-putting. Um, right. But there are sports in which women compete perfectly well and i've always wondered why there's a men's division and a women's division uh-huh. shooting sports is one of those oh some women are actually i i've heard in many cases better better shooters than men you know i i mean i shoot myself and i honestly don't i i know a lot of guys i don't know a single one that can outshoot me so and in the pro ranks, maybe, but that's because if you have a Jerry Mikulak, he's spending a lot of time on the range. But his wife is a professional shooter. His daughter, I believe, is a professional shooter. And there are many women in the professional ranks um, in shotgun and in rifle. And I'm not sure why we have separate divisions other than we do, because the gun is the same. The scoring is the same. The pressures they're put under are the same. Yeah. Uh, But where there's physical contact associated with it in basketball, in soccer, 
Um, you get a hip check from a brooding male in uh, soccer. You know, a woman who's generally of smaller, strong, but smaller stature is going gonna, is gonna to be flying. Yeah, any, basically anything, any sport that involves um, physical strength, a woman is going to be at a disadvantage. Um, but there are things like, you know, like shooting, pool, um, things like that, which are, are, are games that involve, um, you know, it being mo- a lot a mental game and not necessarily a physical game. Um, I used to bowl a lot, and, you know, men have an advantage in bowling because uh, there is, you have a little bit better chance of getting a strike if you can throw a heavier bowling ball or put a little bit more speed behind it, you know. So um, women are always, or men are always better bowlers than, than women, but, at least the best ones but are. But men tend to be stronger swimmers yeah. because of physical Physical build. strength. Um, and... I would just like the politicians to get out of this. The sports have to, the, the the organizing bodies of each of those sports needs to get involved and make decisions. And if they want to do it in a way because they want to feel good, because they're appealing to people who claim to be transgender, I mean, they're I, I know a lot of people who are transgender. They haven't even de- defined that term is the thing. Correct. But yeah. leave, leave it up to the sporting, you know, organizing bodies to do that. And then we as consumers can say, we'll watch, we'll participate, we'll buy tickets or not. Yeah. And if, um, if women's sports is upended because of this, I don't know how we resolve that. I don't, because Title IX serves an important role. And I don't like government forcing organizations to do anything, but creating opportunities for women where they were cut out because you had a couple of large men's sports, um, you know, and there are consequences both ways. Men's wrestling has been decimated because we there are more scholarships going to the women's side, but okay you know i think that's kind of this rough effort of government interference trying to do the right thing trying to get some equity notion and it's not perfect and it's but it 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 helps but this is really upending here's the thing that gets me is that the other day the republicans in the house all band together and i and i commend their bravery especially all the women uh, that got together and stuck together and says no we need to fight for women's sports um they uh, voted on this protection of women and girls in sports act okay now this is the part that's really really sad 100 percent of the republicans voted for this 100 percent of the democrats which a lot of them are women voted against women I'm sorry, if you voted against this, you are voting against women, because this act simply states that biological men cannot be in professional sports competing against biological women. Every woman should be in favor of that. You know, why are not the women in the Democrat Party standing up and supporting women? You know, 
but like I was talking about earlier, is like historically, the Democrat Party has um, stood in the way of human rights. They stood in the way of um, giving blacks freedom in America. They stood in the way of women having the right to vote. And it amazes me how any, any woman would want to be a Democrat. Or any black person would want to be a Democrat. Why aren't women standing up together and supporting this? Just for the fact that, hey, this is for us and this is an attack on women. Women's sports will be over if this is not stopped. I think there's an attack on women other than sports, though. Okay, in what way? Well, look at them. They're tr- the, the male want to uh, experience childbirth and weird things like that and growing babies in a Petri dish and stuff like Like, they don't need a woman anymore. They can do it without her. Well, yeah, they're birthing people now. Well, that's what I mean. They're trying to get do away with women altogether. <laughs> And they're not going to get rid of us. <laughs> no, we're not going out easy. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. <laughs> but, you know, what they're doing to, to kids in the schools is... is Unheard of. Yeah. I mean, but I, you know, call me a, a tin-hatted, you know, a, a foil-hatted tin-hat conspiracy theorist. But, oh, we have an incoming call. Oh, okay, I know who this is. All right, hold on. Let me grab that real quick. Let's see. A call. Let's see. This is my friend Joel. Hey, Joel, you're on with uh, Becca and Stella. How's it going? Not too bad, yourself. Good. Thanks for calling in. Um, Not a problem. Can I hold you over past the break? Because we're about ready to go to the break, and I want to talk about this topic. You, you got a few minutes? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, why don't you just, you can just stay on the line with us if you want until the break, and then after the break, then uh, we'll get into that topic. I want to talk about how um, recently the the New Mexico Civil Guard actually got awarded three hundred thousand dollars by want, the city I want of Albuquerque. To clap to that. Yeah, yeah, it's a win. Okay. Yay. Um, because that's just ridiculous, I, and not only that, but they were trying to to directly violate the Second Amendment to the Constitution by outlawing militias. When, there again, they're trying to redefine words. They're trying to redefine what a militia is. And a militia, as referred to in the Second Amendment, is not a government-ran military. It is the people. It's we the people. It's the average citizens having the ability to keep and bear arms so that in a time of need, uh, we can fight. And I think that's a good thing. I, I, I think, you know, I think you'll agree with me, Mark. I think it's a good thing that millions and millions of Americans have uh, weapons of war, weapons that could be used effectively in an actual ground battle. Yeah, weapons uh, of prior wars. Prior wars, yes. An AR-15 is not used by the military. That is correct. But hey, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We'll be right back. 